Part five of The Gods of Pagana by Lord Edward J. M. D. Plunkett Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jason Mills. Part five. Yonath the Prophet. Yonath was the first among prophets who uttered unto men. These are the words of Yonath, the first among all prophets. There be gods upon Pagana. Upon a night I slept, and in my sleep Pagana came very near, and Pagana was full of gods. I saw the gods beside me as one might see wanted things, only I saw not Mana Yutsushai. And in that hour, in the hour of my sleep, I knew. And the end and the beginning of my knowing, and all of my knowing that there was, was this, that man knoweth not. Seek thou to find at night the utter edge of the darkness, or seek to find the birthplace of the rainbow where he leapeth upward from the hills, only seek not concerning the wherefore of the making of the gods. The gods have set a brightness upon the farther side of things to come, that they may appear more felicitous to men than the things that are. To the gods the things to come are but as the things that are, and nothing altereth in Pagana. The gods, although not merciful, are not ferocious gods. They are the destroyers of the days that were, but they set a glory about the days to be. Man must endure the days that are, but the gods have left him his ignorance as a solace. Seek not to know. Thy seeking will weary thee, and thou wilt return much worn, to rest at last about the place from whence thou settest out upon thy seeking. Seek not to know. Even I, Yonath, the oldest prophet, burdened with the wisdom of great years, and worn with seeking, know only that man knoweth not. Once I set out seeking to know all things. Now I know one thing only, and soon the years will carry me away. The path of my seeking, that leadeth to seeking again, must be trodden by very many more, when Yonath is no longer even Yonath. Set not thy foot upon that path. Seek not to know. These be the words of Yonath. Yug the Prophet When the years had carried away Yonath, and Yonath was dead, there was no longer a prophet among men, and still men sought to know. Therefore they said unto Yug, Be thou our prophet, and know all things, and tell us concerning the wherefore of it all. And Yug said, I know all things. And men were pleased. And Yug said of the beginning that it was in Yug's own garden, and of the end that it was in the sight of Yug. And men forgot Yug. One day Yug saw Mung behind the hills making the sign of Mung, and Yug was Yug no more. Alhireth Hotep the Prophet When Yug was Yug no more, men said unto Alhireth Hotep, Be thou our prophet, and be as wise as Yug. And Alhireth Hotep said, I am as wise as Yug. And men were very glad. And Alhireth Hotep said of life and death, these be the affairs of Alhireth Hotep. And men brought gifts to him. One day Alhireth Hotep wrote in a book, Alhireth Hotep knoweth all things, for he hath spoken with Mung. And Mung stepped from behind him, making the sign of Mung, saying, Knowest thou all things then, Alhireth Hotep? And Alhireth Hotep became among the things that were. Kabok the Prophet 
When Alhireth Hotep was among the things that were, and still men sought to know, they said unto Kabok, Be thou as wise as was Alhireth Hotep. And Kabok grew wise in his own sight, and in the sight of men. And Kabok said, Mung maketh his signs against men, or withholdeth it, by the advice of Kabok. And he said unto one, Thou hast sinned against Kabok, therefore will Mung make the sign of Mung against thee. And to another, Thou hast brought Kabok gifts, therefore shall Mung forbear to make against thee the sign of Mung. One night, as Kabok fattened upon the gifts that men had brought him, he heard the tread of Mung, treading in the garden of Kabok, about his house at night. And because the night was very still, it seemed most evil to Kabok that Mung should be treading in his garden, without the advice of Kabok, about his house at night. And Kabok, who knew all things, grew afraid, for the treading was very loud, and the night still, and he knew not what lay behind the back of Mung, which none had ever seen. But when the morning grew to brightness, and there was light upon the worlds, and Mung trod no longer in the garden, Kabok forgot his fears, and said, Perhaps it was but a herd of cattle that stampeded in the garden of Kabok. And Kabok went about his business, which was that of knowing all things, and telling all things unto men, and making light of Mung. But that night Mung trod again in the garden of Kabok, about his house at night, and stood before the window of the house, like a shadow standing erect, so that Kabok knew indeed that it was Mung. And a great fear fell upon the throat of Kabok, so that his speech was hoarse, and he cried out, Thou art Mung! And Mung slightly inclined his head, and went on to tread in the garden of Kabok, about his house at night. And Kabok lay and listened, with horror at his heart. But when the second morning grew to brightness, and there was light upon the worlds, Mung went from treading in the garden of Kabok. And for a little while Kabok hoped, but looked with great dread for the coming of the third night. And when the third night was come, and the bat had gone to his home, and the wind had sank, the night was very still. And Kabok lay and listened, to whom the wings of the night flew very slow. But ere night met the morning upon the highway between Pagana and the worlds, there came the tread of Mung in the garden of Kabok, towards Kabok's door. And Kabok fled out of his house as flees a hunted beast, and flung himself before Mung. And Mung made the sign of Mung, pointing towards the end. And the fears of Kabok had rest from troubling Kabok any more, for they and he were among accomplished things. Of the calamity that befell Yun Ilara by the sea, and of the building of the Tower of the Ending of Days. When Kabok and his fears had rest, the people sought a prophet who should have no fear of Mung, whose hand was against the prophets. And at last they found Yun Ilara, who tended sheep, and had no fear of Mung. And the people brought him to the town that he might be their prophet. And Yun Ilara builded a tower towards the sea that looked upon the setting of the sun, and he called it the Tower of the Ending of Days. And about the ending of the day, would Yun Ilara go up to his tower's top, and look towards the setting of the sun, to cry his curses against Mung, crying, O Mung, whose hand is against the sun, whom men abhor but worship because they fear thee, here stands and speaks a man who fears thee not, assassin lord of murder and dark things, abhorrent, merciless, make thou the sign of Mung against me when thou wilt, 
but until silence settles upon my lips because of the sign of Mung, I will curse Mung to his face. And the people in the street below would gaze up with wonder towards Yun Ilara, who had no fear of Mung, and brought him gifts. Only in their homes, after the falling of the night, would they pray again, with reverence, to Mung. But Mung said, Shall a man curse a god? And still Mung came not nigh to Yun Ilara, as he cried his curses against Mung from his tower towards the sea. And Sish, throughout the worlds, hurled time away, and slew the hours that had served him well, and called up more out of the timeless waste that lieth beyond the worlds, and drave them forth to assail all things. And Sish cast a whiteness over the hairs of Yun Ilara, and ivy about his tower, and weariness over his limbs, for Mung passed by him still. And when Sish became a god less durable to Yun Ilara than ever Mung hath been, he ceased at last to cry from his tower's top his curses against Mung whenever the sun went down, till there came the day when weariness of the gift of Kib fell heavily upon Yun Ilara. Then from the tower of the ending of days did Yun Ilara cry out thus to Mung, crying, O Mung, O loveliest of the gods, O Mung most dearly to be desired, thy gift of death is the heritage of man, with ease and rest and silence and returning to the earth. Kib giveth but toil and trouble, and Sish he sendeth regrets with each of his hours wherewith he assails the world. Your horneth lahai cometh nigh no more. I can no longer be glad with limpang tongue. When the other gods forsake him, a man hath only Mung. But Mung said, Shall a man curse a god? And every day and all night long did Yun Ilara cry aloud, Ah, now for the hour of the mourning of many, and the pleasant garlands of flowers, and the tears, and the moist dark earth. Ah, for repose down underneath the grass, where the firm feet of the trees grip hold upon the world, where never shall come the wind that now blows through my bones, and the rain shall come warm and trickling, not driven by storm, where is the easeful falling asunder of bone from bone in the dark? Thus prayed Yun Ilara, who had cursed in his folly and youth, while never heeded Mung. Still from a heap of bones that are Yun Ilara still, lying about the ruined base of the tower that once he builded, goes up a shrill voice with the wind, crying out for the mercy of Mung, if any such there be. Of how the gods whelmed Sidith. There was Dole in the valley of Sidith. For three years there had been pestilence, and in the last of the three a famine. Moreover, there was imminence of war. Throughout all Sidith, men died night and day, and night and day within the temple of all the gods save one, for none may pray to Mana Yud Sushai, did the priests of the gods pray hard. For they said, for a long while man may hear the droning of little insects, and yet not be aware that he hath heard them. So may the gods not hear our prayers at first, until they have been very oft repeated. But when your praying has troubled the silence long, it may be that some god, as he strolls in Pagana's glades, may come on one of our lost prayers, that flutters like a butterfly tossed in storm when all its wings are broken. Then, if the gods be merciful, they may ease our fears in Sidith or else they may crush us, being petulant gods. And so we shall see trouble in Sidith no longer, with its pestilence, and dearth, and fears of war. But in the fourth year of the pestilence, and in the second year of the famine, 
and while still there was imminence of war, came all the people of Sidith to the door of the temple of all the gods save one, where none may enter but the priests, but only leave gifts and go. And there the people cried out, O high prophet of all the gods save one, priest of Kib, priest of Sish, and priest of Mung, teller of the mysteries of Dorajand, receiver of the gifts of the people, and lord of prayer, what doest thou within the temple of all the gods save one? And Arbrin Hadith, who was the high prophet, answered, I pray for all the people. But the people answered, O high prophet of all the gods save one, priest of Kib, priest of Sish, and priest of Mung, teller of the mysteries of Dorajand, receiver of the gifts of the people, and lord of prayer. For four long years hast thou prayed with the priests of all thine order, while we brought ye gifts, and died. Now, therefore, since they have not heard thee in four grim years, thou must go and carry to their faces the prayer of the people of Sidith, when they go to drive the thunder to his pasture upon the mountain Agrinon, or else there shall no longer be gifts upon thy temple door, whenever falls the dew, that thou and thine order may fatten. Then thou shalt say before their faces, O all the gods save one, lords of the worlds, whose child is the eclipse, take back thy pestilence from Sidith, for ye have played the game of the gods too long with the people of Sidith, who would fain have done with the gods. Then in great fear answered the high prophet, saying, What if the gods be angry, and whelm Sidith? And the people answered, Then are we sooner done with pestilence and famine and the imminence of war. That night the thunder howled upon Agrinorn, which stood a peak above all others in the land of Sidith, and the people took Arbrin Hadath from his temple, and drave him to Agrinorn, for they said, There walked to-night upon the mountain, all the gods save one. And Arbrin Hadith went trembling to the gods. Next morning, white and frightened from Agrinorn, came Arbrin Hadith back into the valley, and there spake to the people, saying, The faces of the gods are iron, and their mouths set hard. There is no hope from the gods. Then said the people, Thou shalt go to Mana Yutsushai, to whom no man may pray. Seek him upon Agrinon, where it lifts clear into the stillness before morning, and on its summit, where all things seem to rest, surely there rests also Mana Yutsushai. Go to him, and say, Thou hast made evil gods, and they smite Sidith. Perchance he hath forgotten all his gods, or hath not heard of Sidith. Thou hast escaped the thunder of the gods. Surely thou shalt also escape the stillness of Mana Yutsushai. Upon a morning, when the sky and lakes were clear, and the world still, and Agrinon was stiller than the world, Arbrin Hadith crept in fear towards the slopes of Agrinon, because the people were urgent. All that day men saw him climbing. At night he rested near the top. But ere the morning of the day that followed, such as rose early saw him in the silence, a speck, against the blue, stretch up his arms upon the summit to Mana Yudsushai. Then instantly they saw him not, nor was he ever seen of men again, who had dared to trouble the stillness of Mana Yudsushai. Such as now speak of Sidith, tell of a fierce and potent tribe, that smote away a people in a valley, enfeebled by pestilence, where stood a temple to all the gods save one, in which was no high priest. End of part five.